Gerard Bonner and Diana Michelle. What's up, everybody? It's that time of the week. It's Friday. You know what that means. It's time for your favorite podcast, the official SHW podcast. This is our wrestling B-double Brandon Benefield, the great Gerard Bonner, and the beautiful Diana Michelle V3 in the house. And uh, tonight, not only do we have a special guest, but we're also going to be previewing the massive card for SHW Still Here 5 coming up next Friday, October 6th. But before we get into that, guys, how's your week been? How you doing? It's good to see you. I don't even want to talk about the week. Look, we got one more week to go. <laughs> one more week to go. I've got the outfit picked. We are ready. Let's do this. Come on. I'm ready. There it is. There it is. It has been quite the week for sure. And uh, we are just one week closer to all being together again for Still Here 5, which I am really looking forward to. The card is crazy and uh you just Huge. never know what's gonna happen so i can't wait you never know i cannot wait uh before we uh, get into our guests and get into the preview you guys i know you keep up with the social media have you seen the uh the uh the, the big trend the prince nana dance i mean come on so i have exactly. downloaded the song so, and i've been playing around with it so here's we're, the thing. we're gonna I, do something diana you know we talked about this and uh, gb i think when you got there we had just finished talking about it, but at Still Here 5, before the show, we need to get, I don't know if it's going to be DJ Tonic or DJ Turnup. We need to make sure uh, they got the Swerve song so we oh can yeah. do a little uh, little video, a little hot. TikTok or something of us doing the V3, doing a, you know. I, I, I would like for it to be known that when they were here in Atlanta, before this became a craze, GB was already was on there it. doing it. I was GB, already on yeah. it. <laughs> GB was, and we witnessed it. GB was already on top of it. Already he already had it down. Go, G. Nah, by the, nah, yeah. by the way, yeah. are my eyes deceiving me or is the scorpion do, it's down, GB. What's going on it, here? It is, it you is, taking it down? It is, it is down. Oh, here, here look at here. Is, are we going to get the locks that Friday? Wow. You might. Okay. You might. I haven't decided how I'm going to wear this yet. I was going to say, I haven't yeah. seen it all the way down in a long time. It's long, a long time. time. So, Speaking of long, awesome. how long is that thing's yeah. oh, way, getting way down there? Very, very long. <laughs> I love you it. You got it braided in two different very little. Long. Yeah, it's I love good. it. I love it. Oh, All yes. right, so see, you got to show up next week, folks, because you never know. You never gonna, know. You never know like. where I'm, I'm going to have my hair. What kind of hairstyle awesome. we got going on? It's going to be incredible. Oh, yeah. But before we get to next week, we got a very special guest. You know mm -hmm. him as Garrett, one of our production guys from SHW. He's been here since, uh, the, very, since mm -hmm. the very beginning, and uh, oh, yes. we love him to death. He's going to be leaving us soon, but uh, we had to bring him on to not only talk about himself, but also to help us preview Still Here 5. And so... uh Check it out, our conversation with Garrett. Well, as we mentioned, we have a very special guest this week. Uh, this guy is SHW since day one. One of our uh, big uh, guys behind the scenes doing production, helping us out all along the way over the past five years. And sadly, he is moving to California. He's leaving us. And uh, we are going to miss him dearly. But ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Garrett Sakahara, how are you, buddy? Hey. How are you guys? Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, like I was telling you earlier before we started, I am in the midst of moving and packing, literally. So this is a nice little break right now to just not have to do anything except for just talk and converse. So it's kind of nice. There you go. Hey, before we get yeah, too uh, far into it here, since we have you on, hang on one sec. Oh, uh, he got one. He got one. 
Very uh, I'm looking nice. at myself like in the it. screen. It's backwards. I can't tell which way I'm going. Oh, there we go. There, <laughs> there we you go. go. Very that was good cool. on you. I like it. I like it. All right. Very nice. So for those that don't know, Garrett is the leader of uh, Team Red Headband at DDP Yoga. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll actually, tell us a little bit about your history with DDP. I mean, you've been here, what, 10 years? Going on 10 years? A little yeah, over? Jan- up this upcoming January, so I'm like two or three months shy of ten years, so about nine and three quarters. So, uh, 2014 January 2014, and I'll always remember that my first day on the job at DDP Yoga was the night Jake returned to Raw. Oh, okay. so wow! When I moved, when I came in, moved in, was working at the crib back when we were all working out of Dallas's house, and everyone, you know, the only people I'm going to know in Georgia are the people in that room, and they're like, oh, well, after work, just hang around. Dallas is going to be on old school raw. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I got nowhere else to go. So we were sitting there and I'm looking around. I'm like, where's Jake? And everyone's like, oh, he's just running a little late. And then all of a sudden when Jake appears and everything, we're like, oh, it was crazy. It was, it was, uh, and then I knew that's your first day. So I knew it's going to be a roller coaster working at this company. So it was, uh, it's been crazy. How, how'd you get involved in the first place is what I want to know. Like, how'd you, how'd you end up here to start with? So I have two mutual friends, uh, Tony Moser and Marco Manone. And they're, um, back then, they were either um, script supervisors, they were uh, editors for film. But uh, Marco met uh, DDP on the set of Pizza Man. And so that was the movie where he's a villain with Frankie Munoz. And um, basically, Marco was a, a writer and then after each day of shoot, Marco would go over to Dallas's house every night to go over dialogue with them for his dyslexia. So like she, he would give him tips on how to do all that stuff and remember a lot of dialogue. <clears throat> and um, Marco had brought up how uh, Tony and myself are big wrestling fans. And I just remember da- Dallas told Marco, why well, are they weird wrestling fans or are they wrestling ends and like, no 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 you're like they're totally normal but they just love wrestling so then um that's when uh moser had met him for a while did some digital work for him and then i came over for a dinner over there and when i went over for dinner i was right around 400 pounds so he asked me like are you happy with your weight and i said of course not um i was in my band at the time and then working full-time <clears throat> retail and hr to just make ends meet for the band. And so um, he gave me the program for free that night and said, I'm giving it to you for free, but we got to use it. So fast forward to two months later, the DVDs are collecting dust on my desk and I get a call from a block number. I pick up, hey, bro. And I'm like, oh, hey. He goes, how are the workouts going? I'm like, oh yeah, they're, they're great. Haven't touched them or anything like that. So he goes, <laughs> meet me in the park, you know, this weekend. I want to see what you got. I think I lasted under 10 minutes. <clears throat> I didn't make 10 minutes. I couldn't do it. And then he, then he gave me the speech like, I gave it to you for free. He's like, do it. And he goes, I'm not going to waste my time with you if you're not going to put any effort in. And then that's when it started. And within nine months, is eight, nine months is when I lost like 110 pounds. Wow. And, uh, and you know, and through knowing, you know, we – you know, he had lived in LA too. So like, if he had a press junket or he had something like that, he'd just call me up and be like, give me a ride or let's go. I'll take you somewhere. So he was always really cool. So we, we established a friendship out here. 
uh, in California before I moved out there. So when he moved to Georgia, he was still texting and calling me, just checking in. And then he knew I was a huge Jake guy. So he was just like, we're going to bring in Jake. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And he invited me and Tony out to the crib. Maybe it was August of 2013 to stay for a weekend. And that was back when it was literally just Jake, Scott, and, and uh, Dallas at the house. And I didn't realize what he was doing, but he was basically testing us. How are we mm-hmm. going to act around everybody? How are we going to, are we able to, you know, not mark out and stuff like that? So it was after that is when he basically offered, he offered the job to Tony. Tony had just moved from Hollywood back to Washington State um, where he was born and raised. <clears throat> so he didn't want to do another move. So he passed. And so then I took the job and my dad was going through like his cardiac issues and everything like that. So pretty close to after I got out there is when he got his heart transplant. So they offered me the job in like August and September. And I, I told him I can't leave now. So luckily Steve and Dallas were just like, take your time when you're ready, come out. So, I mean, they didn't have to do that, but it took me about another three months and then in January is when I uh, came out there to move full time. Wow, it's amazing. And then it's just been it's just been chaos ever since. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's talk about this because obviously you mentioned uh, obviously moving in to take care of Jake, and this is all during uh, what we now know as the filming of the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Talk about yeah. your role uh, during that particular process and what were some of the things you learned in participating and, and watching that whole ordeal unfold? So, you know, I, I think the running joke and Nathan brought it up in my roast at my going away party, but, you know, th- when I came in, they were pretty, they were like, okay, Garrett, you've done some acting, you've done some stuff on screen and stuff like that, but we're so far along in the resurrection, you're probably not going to be in it. And I said, that's fine. I, I'm, I don't, you guys have done a year and a half's worth of work already before I even got out there. So uh, for me, it was like, I initially came in as a video editor mm. who had not done video editing. They had known I've done some small stuff here and there. So it's just funny how it all just changed, but within a little while, they're just like, they put me in charge more of social media, uh, PR. Um, and then it was like accountability partner for Jake and Scott. Um, mm. Dallas or uh, Dylan was a little bit more kind of assigned to Scott. And I was a little bit more assigned to Jake. I had met Jake a couple of times in LA when Dallas, when he was visiting Dallas. <clears throat> so we already had kind of a rapport and, um, it, it wasn't easy. I mean, cause when you come in and they're like sitting down and telling you like, okay, you saw this guy, you grew up watching this guy on TV, but you're babysitting and he's going to try to do some stuff and he might try to sneak around and do some other things. So, you know, like, so where Jake and I are now, I mean, it's family now, but back then there, there were some times where you, you would work a full 40, 60 hour work day, work week and then get on a plane and travel with Jake so he can do appearances. I mean, exhausted. And there was a couple of times where like we would go to the airport and then they were like, you have to be on him like a hawk. And like, sometimes he would just run to the bathroom and I'm like, great. You know? So, I mean, again, to, to be candid about it and everything like that. Yeah. There was some definitely 
some tough moments. And there were some definitely some times where I had to, you know, you have to be the narc because that's your job. You have yeah. to report back to Dallas. And if there's any kind of fishiness going on or any kind of things you suspect or anything like that. So, you know, and, and I think that's the great thing about resurrection is it wasn't, it, it turned into such a fairy tale ending, but man, it, the process was not anything but a fairy tale. So to get to where it is, I think when we all went to park city and then we were in slam dance and showing that movie, I mean, I think all of us got so teary eyed because at some point we're just like, we never thought it would get to where it went to and how it ended. And, you know, and Jake now it's like, man, I can easily say the last seven and a half, eight years, I don't even worry about him anymore. Cause even back then you would go and you're just kind of like, well, we have the end abuse. We might have to use it, but now it's like, it's not even a thing. Like I think, the fact that he rekindled relationships with a majority of his kids and, you know, the grandkids and everything like that. Like it's not even like the temptation for, for the drugs and for drinking isn't even a thing for him right now. So it's like, it's, it's, he's doing so well. Wow. I, so I, I'm, I'm curious because this gets into kind of something that I think is, is so large, you know, so you had the opportunity to participate as a client for DDPY. Then you get to watch literally this change and save lives. You know, for you, what is what does that feel like for you to to be a part of something where you know, like it's not we're not guessing and extrapolating with marketing numbers that maybe this might say you're seeing this literally save lives how are you feeling about that it was such a cool thing to be a part of that and still be a part of it you know i'm not yeah. on the payroll anymore but i'll always be connected to them i left on such great terms and they're just like you know you can always visit you can always come back and do workouts on the app and everything but mm -hmm. you know dallas when he, he sat me down pretty quick and it was around, around the time when people were like you should be certified and it was like that wasn't even a consideration for me um and so Dallas, once I started to do the reps and I had to go through some terrible classes, you know, to like really figure it out, Stevie Richards had left. And so when he left, there was about 10 classes that he left open. So between me and this other girl, Shannon, who had just got certified, all right, you guys both get five classes each and it's not even a test run. Like you're just going to suck for a little bit. So those locals, <laughs> wow. all, all the locals, they stuck with me and like I said in my speech at the party, I said I had to rely a lot on personality, a lot on humor, and a lot on those playlists at the beginning, and then hopefully I can get the enough reps where I can be good. But like to be to work for a company where you're actually changing people's lives and for the for the positive and for the good, um, it's pretty awesome. And 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 when Dallas sat me down, he goes, "Bro, he goes, you're actually." it's kind of cool. He goes, you're helping change people's lives, but he goes, you're an entertainer. You used to do acting, you used to do be in a band. And he goes, you have like a group in front of you that you get to be in front of and entertain as well. And it took me a long time to find my niche. It took me a long time to embrace their, that imposter syndrome was so bad that I wasn't looking like a fitness instructor, you know? Mm -hmm. And the fact that I just kept hearing it from people, just like, you know, Alex Autry, he was another one that was such a huge proponent for me that yeah. he, he said how much I helped him. But he, it was people like him that helped me because 
they're just like, you're the everyman. They're like, mm-hmm. we see you struggle. We see you imperfect. We see you doing it, but we want to do it with you, you know? Yeah. And it took a long time. I mean, even after I was accepted for me in my head, it took a long time, but it, it's been super gratifying. And then just to like, again, it's like within this community of tens of thousands of people, it's just like, they made me feel like a celebrity. It was like, I was like a rock star at the summits and stuff like that. People want to get pictures and people want red headbands. And it's just, it's funny. It's, it, it's, it's, it's surreal, but it's crazy. Like I can have those talks with Hayden. I can have those talks with Dylan because they know, but like my other friends back home, they're just like, shut up. We don't want to hear about that. I'm like, no, I don't either. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, but it, 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 it's, 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 it's a really cool thing. It's a really cool thing to be a part of. It's been incredible, man, to to get to know you over these. Well, for me, over the last five years, I know GB, you got to know him through DDP Yoga. Uh, yes. I met you just starting out at Southern Honor. And, uh, of course, we're j- jumping up on the five-year anniversary here next Friday, which is insane to me that we've made it, it always five blows, years. It always blows me away, though. Like, and, and, and Gerard and I had been sending each other some texts this week, but just, like, how he was just coming in for classes. Yeah, and how it turned into this whole other career, you know, and it's just yeah. like that was like so cool that like okay, there's this guy in the back who's just smiling from ear to ear, great presence, <laughs> everything like that, and now all of a sudden, no. I'm like, oh, you should go to it. You should go to a SHW show. You should check mm-hmm. it out. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. now you're you're one of the voices. You're you're the voice of H. You know, all three of you are the voices of SHW. And it's so cool. Yeah. yeah, and I and I I said this via text, but I, I have to say it publicly. P- people don't understand the importance that Garrett played in me being in this space. He was my first trainer and my favorite trainer, and so <laughs> literally because I I'd never done yoga before, and you know it was just like okay, well let's let's try this, and he would encourage me. He's like, you know what? I think you're past this beginner class. Like you can do an advanced class. And he was always so encouraging. And, you know, he was the first person that told me about SHW because I didn't know I hadn't heard. And so he was like, he was like, yeah, Yeah. you got to come out. And he would laugh. He's like, now, now don't get thrown off. It's at a church, but like, it's not really (laughs) like at a church. Like it's a totally different thing, you know? And so it was just, had he not told me, I would never have known. And so, you know, he was trying to get me to come to the May show, which I wanted to, but I've told you before, my son was being born and I just knew if I went to that show, you know, it was just going to be havoc. But yeah. Um, yeah, you know, he just kept encouraging me. And so when I got to the September show, I was like, ah, here we are. So none of this happens without Garrett. So again, I'm about you. it. I didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah. you yeah, kind of have a it's V3. Yes. Yep. So yes. Garrett is the official V4. I'm saying it right here, okay, right now. Yes. Because like it. if it wasn't for Garrett, then we would never met this GB. This doesn't happen. And exactly. this wouldn't be, yeah, this wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. So, uh, man. You might incredible. have David Ali on commentary, which would have no. been terrible. No. You, know, you don't want that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love it. I love it. We, we couldn't get out of here with Garrett being on the podcast and not give a little shade to uh, David Ali. Of course. Just a little. Of course. Of course. We can give more, but we'll just, we'll refrain. Yeah. Yeah. I know he's watching. Love you, David. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, buddy. Hey, so Garrett. Hi, I, hi buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Garrett, I got to know, man. So when, uh, when the idea was being floated around about this whole SHW concept between, I know, uh, Dylan and Nathan, uh, were you know kind of the forefront of putting it all together and then getting connected with Gary Lamb 
through Rich Ward and the Fozzie guys mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So when you're hearing about all this, uh, what what's going through your mind? Are you kind of like, is what is what are they thinking here, or are you confident that it is going to be what it turned out to be, which was incredible? I think um, hearing about it a lot and the origin of everything was pretty amazing because we all know Dylan's passion. We all know the work ethic, the, what he puts into it, the time and the, you know, everything. And Nathan loves wrestling. Nathan and I always said, and Nathan's doing it. Nathan and I aren't workers, but like we love wrestling so much that we'll make it work. Like Mm -hmm. we respect the industry so much that if I wasn't as like my age, if I was a little bit younger, maybe I would have done it. But like, I'm like, I'm an, I made a class now. So if I, even <laughs> if I took manager bumps and everything like that, it was kind of nice to just be a part of the video production and a part of even like the writing of it, you know, a little bit of it. I mean, obviously 99% of that is Dylan, but like just to be able to bounce ideas off of it back and forth. Um, we had known Rich, Rich Ward for a while and he was so energetic. And whenever we talked with Rich, whether it was music, whether it was wrestling, we were always on the same wavelength. So I'm like, if Rich is, you know, doing the meeting and introducing us to Gary Lamb and everything like that, like, I think it's going to go well. So, and it's funny because when I met Gary, like, and like I told him this, that first meeting or two, I'm like, I'm like, I have that HR background and I'm a poker player and I'm sitting there and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if I like him, you know, and it's like, <laughs> and now, and we, and we laughed about it. We laugh about it now, but like the first look, cause it's just, I get them now. And mm-hmm. it takes some people there's after one or two meetings, they get it. Some people, it takes like a year or so to get it, you know, get Gary. But once you get it, I'm like, Oh yeah, no, like he's great people, but he's so blunt and so honest, but that's what I love. And uh, I think knowing that it, and people stay within their lane. Like Gary's the promo guy, Gary's the money guy, but he knows he's not like a wrestling guru like Dylan is. So the fact that everybody kind of stays in their lane, you know, Nathan brings the video production and all that stuff and everything. And now that he's wrestling too. So it's everybody had a distinct job and everything like that, but it just worked really well. So I had been here, you know, five years. So it had been four years of just going to indie shows with Dylan, whether he was a regular or we were trying new places and, you know, he would just sit there and be like, man, what if, if we had our own thing, if we had the video, we have the video production capability, we have the look and everything. So the fact that it was able to come to life and five years later that it's still going strong. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I wasn't a partner in it, in it and everything like that, but being part of the beginning process and everything, like I'm super proud of what, of what Nathan and what Dylan, Gary, Rich, brought to the table and everything yeah. so it's 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 such a cool thing very thankful for that yeah absolutely and what's so cool about it and like i said getting to know you right off the bat from the very first show all the way through now it's been a five great years and uh just all the other different people we've met <clears throat> along the way that have become part of the family like you know kyle one of your uh, other production guys back there in the back yeah. you know, he's one of our guys now and it's just getting to know him and become good friends and like so many mm-hmm. people it's like a, i say it every month every show is like a little mini family reunion you know it's like yeah. our yeah, time to absolutely. get to go to the action building go to canton and see all of our people you know so uh yeah. it's just it, it's amazing 
the community, you know, Gary always talks about building community and it is really is kind of incredible how SHW, the, this brainchild of Dylan and, and Nathan and, and, and a lot of you guys came together and now it's like this, it's just a thing that has to happen. Like if it wasn't here, I can't even think about it not being here, you know, like it's been such a big part of yeah. our lives uh, over these past five years. It's just crazy, man. So appreciate you for all you've done for SHW for sure. No, I appreciate it. And I think another cool thing about our show is, sure, we have people where we have, well, we'll announce, oh, Raven's doing a meet and greet or Butterbean's doing a meet and greet. But we're not that monthly show where you have to have a name every show. The wow. fact that we, it was like homegrown to get AC Mac, to get Owen, Owen Knight, to get David Ali, to get Danny Jordan. To get these people that people are like, we don't care if there's a huge name on the bill. And it's like, that's, and then that gave us the room where it's like, well, we could have these surprises or we could have, you know, like you can have David Arquette, you can have like, you know, like just Dallas DDP coming in and stuff like that. And Jake coming in and, you know, it's like, there's, there's been so many memories and moments in five years and everything like that. I, I told Dylan, because like there are times where like Dylan will sit there and he's just like, I'm tired. I don't know if I want to keep doing this. I'm like, right. what would you do? Like you would be <laughs> at home, like just like, you know, whatever. But I mean, so it's just, it's been at moments I'm like, oh, wow, we're at year five. And in the moments I'm like, there's no way we're at year five, you know? Right. So, yep. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> pretty incredible i i'm i'm curious since you have been here for for five years what are some of your favorite moments from the five years because you've had a very interesting perspective in terms of what you've been able to see and experience man i mean off the bat and it, it's not just because it was jericho and omega but for shw 1000 to build a hype to get a thousand people and only have Cody as like the name, mm -hmm. you know? And I think Canton speculated about Jericho. They had no idea about Omega. So, and I think I, I can't remember if you guys remember this, but I was on high octane stress that night because I remember third or fourth match in my computer crashed. And when the, my computer crashed, I was freaking out, couldn't find my cursor, nothing. And then on the monitors, it showed my desktop. And on the desktop, it showed the music. So I had to scroll up real quick so you Whoa. don't see Omega and Jericho on there. Right. And yeah. then, so we got it fixed. Now we have two matches left. And now I can't even enjoy the moment because I'm like, don't crash again. Don't crash again. <laughs> right, so, right. Looking back on that YouTube clip and seeing how it panned out, and I still get goosebumps. Every time I click on that footage, I still get goosebumps with the lights outs and everything like that. But, like, that one was such a huge moment. And to have, like, that Avengers Endgame face-off of the bases and the heels, mm -hmm. like, it was amazing. So, I mean, that was a moment. I think just seeing, like, you know, you see, like, you know, Austin Theory. You see, like, Lee Johnson. You see you know, Captain Sean Dean, you see these people going on to bigger and better things and everything like that. So it's crazy that like, also, you know, Dylan played a part in a lot of people's careers too. Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny because I know him. I mean, he's one of my best friends. So 
sometimes I'll get the the little arrogant side of him and I'm like, eh, no, you don't have to impress me. But like, <laughs> but, but overall, overall, he's very humble about like, you know, about these things that makes him proud. He's the proud Papa of a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, and I, I think I look back on the first, the first show where I don't, I can't remember his name, but he was one of the other pastors who was the ring announcer and he was announcing the wrong name and, it was, and then Gary came down and drilled them in front of everybody. If you're not going to, if you're not going to do the right person, then don't do it. I'll get someone else to do it. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> um, I think also establishing like Rumble Jack, mm-hmm. you know, taking familiar things, but then making it our own with war games and everything like yeah. that to like have like a small building to have the capability to put up these cages and these dual rings and everything like that. And to, be able to constantly surprise people with Rumble Jack appearances and everything like that. So, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, the day when Dylan cracked his head open, I mean, probably not one of the better days, but just like third show, third show, third show. (laughs) Yeah. Third show. And then, uh, yeah, I think the blood stain is still over there on that, on that, on the floor (laughs) and everything like that. But yeah, uh, it's a nice pull. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, also you got to put Danny going through the wall, putting the hole in the wall with Lindsay Snow and everything like that. I mean, there's so many things where if I really sat there and like, I mean, I could go over like a hundred things. It can easily be a, a top 100 moments of SHW easily. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I feel like there's something in every show that you can take out of. We're just like, I can't believe that happened. You know? Right. So. Yeah. Uh, well, on top of all those memories, we're about to make a whole lot more because next week, our big fifth anniversary show. And if there's one thing that I'm most sad about, it's the fact that you couldn't wait one extra week before you left town. You're going to miss, miss SHW Still Here 5. But that's why Who's going to keep me straight? Who's going to be texting <laughs> right. me, telling me there's changes? and Because and <laughs> I'm lost without you. <laughs> but that's, of course, one of the main reasons we wanted to have you here on this podcast. One, to kind of bid you farewell as you go on on your new journey, but also to, so you can help us preview this yeah. amazing stacked card coming up. We have nine huge matches, five of which are actually championship matches. And then on top of that, DDP will be in the house doing a special meet and greet mm-hmm. for the fans. And uh, if you'll recall, you just touched on it earlier, Garrett. DDP was at the very first show back in October of 2018 as he presented the SHW title belt for the first time in front of wow. the fans. And man, what a what a moment that was. My first night ever on commentary. Didn't have any idea what I was doing. And if you go back and listen to it, which I don't recommend you do because it's, it's awful. But anyways, it's me freaking <laughs> out, just going awesome. crazy. Just going absolutely crazy because not we we didn't know DDP was going to be there, you know. So it what is crazy insane. is he teased us too. He was just like, oh, "I'll make it if I can." And the fact that he <laughs> Ubered, I don't, I can't remember why he didn't drive himself, but he Ubered mm. to camp. Wow. I didn't. Know and that. again, like, and again, it's like it wasn't until I think Dylan saw him that he was like, "Oh my god!" Like we had no idea. We just kind of wrote, and he always just. No, so he's just like, oh, you'll have a great show, but yeah, uh, yeah, maybe I'll show up one of these days. And then he showed up, and it's like, okay, that's awesome. So, mm-hmm. yeah. again, I think having you have Jake, you had Scott at the time, you have Dallas, you have Buff, you have so many people that will genuinely put over, you know, 
our promotion. Mm-hmm. Not because they're friends, but because they can sit there and watch. And I remember when Scott was there a couple of times, he would he would sit there and tell us at dinner later, and he would just be like, I'm just he, he was sitting there and like he's not like cutting anything, but he's just observing and he's just like you know, he would always give Dylan his dues. Just be like, dude, wow. he's just like you know, and there would be so many times, and I'm sure Dylan may have said this, but I remember WrestleMania 31 when we went out there, Scott kayfabed us and didn't tell us he was walking out with the NWO. Ah. But Dylan was telling Scott, you know, leading up to this and everything like that, he told Scott what the finish for Mania 31 should be. Have Seth come out and cash in. I'm not, I love wrestling. I, I wouldn't have thought of that. And at the time, <laughs> Roman had nuclear heat. Brock mm-hmm. had nuclear heat. You weren't going to mm-hmm. get anybody was happy. So the fact that you had a heel in Seth Rollins, music hits and the place goes insane, wasn't yeah. even a thought because he took <clears throat> that awesome RKO from Randy right. in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he cashes in. Dylan predicted that. <laughs> Dylan called that. And wow. and like and so like Scott was just like, that's pretty, you know, he'd be like, that's pretty good. And then he would put it out on Twitter. Oh, he's like, yeah, I, I thought that was a great finish, but it was actually Dylan. So it's like, there's been a couple of times where Dylan would tell Scott a finish and then Scott would go to Twitter and say, here's what I'm thinking. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. That oh, I, I love that. Great. <laughs> okay. So while you're here and before you yes. head off and you leave us in the dust, we got to have you here to, to Help us preview this massive car. And for, yeah, for your sake, because you won't be able to see it uh, in person. And so yeah. uh, this is your opportunity to kind of go through the card with us and okay. uh, g- give us your take on all these matches. So like I said, nine big matches here. I'm going to start with one uh, that we just found out uh, earlier this week or might have been last week that there's a new stipulation here. It's going to be Todd Sexton and Gunnar Miller. But the new stip is that the end game is barred from ringside. And not only that, we also found out that, yeah, and we we also found out Corey Hollis will also be barred from ringside. So mm. we'll finally just get a one-on-one matchup here. And I know Gunner's chomping at the bit to get his hands on Todd Sexton, as it are most of the SHW fans, because ever since he showed his true colors from being a backstage official to all of a sudden, you know, mm-hmm. he's formed this secret group behind the scenes that we didn't know about. It, but you know. Since I'm on the topic, now I've got all wound up about it. It's been five years, and it seems like every single year, some group comes in. You had the new era. Then you had Lethal Poison. Then you had uh, the Dishonor. And then I may be leaving somebody out. But then you got the end game. You know, it's like all these groups that come in trying to take over. And I just, you know, got to give it up for SHW, man. Standing strong. Nobody's been able to take us down from the inside. So hopefully it stays that way here coming up at SHW. Yep. Still here five, but uh, Todd Sexton, Gunnar Miller, your thoughts? Anybody? It's gonna be a bloodbath. It's gonna be a bloodbath because we all know Todd relies on whatever posse he's with, and if they're not there, I mean, it it helps. Of course, not gonna be there. Gunner's focused. There's no way he's just gonna. It's not gonna be a schoolboy or any kind of like just stuff like that. Like he is. He wants some revenge. Sure, he'll get the W, but it's like he wants to definitely take it out on Todd. And and by the way, for Todd to be retired, I've never seen a guy wrestle so much for a guy that's retired. No right. kidding. And not just in SHW, but multiple promotions. I'm like, wait a second. I thought you were retired. 
Right. He's the social distortion of wrestling. I've been to three social distortion retirement shows and, over the years, <laughs> and uh, I just feel like he's wrestling more than anything right now. Yep. I think he retired and then wound up holding tag championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, how'd you do that? Amazing. Who knows? GB? Yeah, you know, it's going to be a great match. Uh, and, and when I say great match, I don't mean catch as catch can. I mean, <laughs> finally, some revenge for Gunnar Miller. You know, Gunnar Miller ends up in these spaces where, you know, he's finding himself being really challenged. You know, I think about two years ago when he got to finally end things for Corey Hollis and close that particular chapter for him. Now the question is, will he really be able to prove that you know what he's got the end game for the creator of the end game um without having the end game present see gunner doesn't need to have uh Corey Hollis Todd Sexton absolutely needs the end game there without them absolutely. there he's in big trouble big trouble i agree but you guys know us I said this before last show that whatever happened with Corey is what I was going to go with. Yes. That's the, and I won't give him a hard time, but <laughs> I can't get away from it. I'm can't looking for yourself. plot. This is the anniversary show. I'm looking for plot twists. I'm looking for more heads of uh, end game to maybe pop up somewhere. I don't know who it may be. I don't know who, if there's a turn coming, I don't know. I just, I'm not going to sit easy until I either see Gunnar wipe the floor with Todd or my fears come to life. Oh, well, <laughs> I guess. We'll, I mean, honestly, we'll you never out. know what's going to happen. You never know, especially at an anniversary uh, show. This is a big deal. That's yeah. a fair point. And, and Gunnar, yeah. I, I adore him. I think he's great, but he's quiet. He's quiet. He hasn't said a whole lot about what's going on. Ask Corey. He hasn't said a whole lot either, so. By the way, uh, now that's we, rare. That's rare. I know. For Corey, not the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mm. I do know Gunner mentioned on Twitter that Marcus is very excited that DDP will be in the house. So uh, Marcus oh, nice. uh, yes. Gunner's son is very excited yeah. to meet DDP. As are uh, all the other SHW fans. As are we. I can't wait mm-hmm. to see him there. So it's going to be awesome. But uh, you touched on we touched on uh, the other members of Endgame. Nick Halen being one of them. Of course, we touched on Corey Hollis. That's another big singles match coming up. Corey Hollis. And Nick Halen, Nick Halen coming fresh off of winning the Anarchy Championship at their anniversary show just a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, you know, he's riding high right now. And of course, he was the co-winner of the uh, Wrestler of the Year with this guy, AC Mack, from right. last year. Happy birthday, like AC. Yeah, happy birthday yeah, earlier happy this birthday. week. Shout yeah. out to Mack. But um, so, yeah, you know, Nick Halen's riding high. Of course, Corey Hollis. You know, they're coming off of that six-man tag victory at the last show, SHW 54. So what are we thinking? Corey Hollis, Nick Halen. Now, there's no stipulation on this match as far as anybody being barred from ringside. So who knows? I'll let one of you guys go. Diana? Ladies first. Hmm. I would love to see this really just just go with all the – the fight, the the emotion, the uh, that it can, but I don't. I just again, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. I just, I want to see Corey just take out all the aggression on Nick, Dick Halen. But who, who knows? 
who knows? This could be a, a, a complete turn in a com just. Mm. I have a lot of emotion about this one. I just don't. I still don't trust Corey. I still don't trust him. Mm -hmm. You I said after the last show. Said, after the last show, you said it. whatever he does at the last show. I was show. trying to talk myself into it. I just right now sitting here, I just cannot get past it. I need something mm -hmm. to happen to say, look. He is actually going to be a good guy. He is for SHW. He's he's not, you know, he's just done it so many times, y'all. Well, he's he's won me over. As I, I'm okay. I'm and that's, Corey I want, at this point. I want to be won over. I do. I want to be completely. And I'll in, tell you this you know, much: Corey committed. gets our Corey will get our names correct, whereas Nick Halen never gets our names correct. So. Exactly. Exactly. So there's another plus for Corey in my book. Yes, and I do give him props. I'm just scared. I'm just worried. Worry. Yeah, Garrett. What do I you think Corey. about that, Garrett? What do you think about that? I love Corey, and it's and this isn't any kind of slight against him. I just feel like whether it's Southern Honor or it's other promotions, I just feel like Nick is just finding a way to win. And yeah. again, without the stipulation or anything like that, you could see some other people. Um, I also feel like with people accusing Corey of what his motives are, he seems distracted in the last couple shows. Hmm. So I think there's also that too that's playing. Cause I feel like he's not only wrestling an opponent each month, I feel like he's also kind of wrestling himself too. And I think he's, I think he's hearing the chirps, whether it's from the audience or from backstage or from other people and alliances so that's the only reason why I wouldn't necessarily pick Corey. Like Nick's in kill mode, he he knows his objective. I think Corey is kind of battling himself right now. I hope he wins. I hope he can take it. You know, I hope he can get a clean sweep. Yeah. You know, from SHW, but I might side with Nick on this one. And on that, not point, by not I'm by choice. If I'm one of those that's causing him to have self-doubt, I do apologize. I do not want him to have self-doubt because anything I'm saying, I'm just enforcing my... He told me at the last show, he's like, Diana just keeps talking. No, I'm kidding. He didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to pull him aside and have a conversation. I just need um, to know what's going on. <laughs> I'm sure somebody's clipping these and, you know, sending <laughs> oh, them to him are. and saying... Oh, the clickbait's bad. Yeah, the clickbait's bad. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, on paper, this match has potential to steal the show. Yeah. I mean, we are really looking at two of the best technical wrestlers around, you know, getting in the ring. My first time seeing them two, they, these two in the ring against each other. It's really quite exciting. You know, when you throw all of the other things in there, it does complicate things a bit. You know, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's, Poor, poor Corey all year has been fighting for SHW, literally all year long. And there have been moments where we could go, I don't know, but he's been fighting all year long. So yeah. I have to give him some credit uh, to that end. I do think he is realizing, to your point, Garrett, how hard it is to fully convert people to seeing where he is on things and believing that, you know, he's really fighting for his daughter and he's really fighting for this company and those mm -hmm. types of things. Uh, the, the thing is when you're distracted against somebody like Nick Halen, that can be problematic. You know, look at the year that Nick Halen has had, you know, 
almost sweeping uh, the Georgia Wrestling History Awards, co-wrestler of the year, you know, uh, the technical wrestler of the year, then turns around and retires AC Mack. Like, this That's is... That's huge in itself right there. It yeah. is. I mean, you're talking about a guy who was the highest rated independent wrestler of the PWI 500 in 2022. Like, what he did was unprecedented. And yeah. then here comes you know, uh, this whole situation. And now Nick Halen is the guy who can literally say, I retired AC Mack. He's not forgotten that. So 2023 has been a big year for him. Now part of the end game and they are controlling the SHW championship. I think where it seems like it's a no brainer for Todd Sexton to lose his match. I think it's not a no brainer on this one. Um, But I do think that, since it seems like there are no stipulations and anybody can show up if they need to, I think the end game may or may not show up to help ensure that they get a win for this one. So yeah, it looks like for me, I'm going to lean toward uh, the guy who can't get our names, right? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you know, it's like Garrett said, I, you know, you hope for a clean sweep, but mm-hmm. I just don't know. The end game is so dominant, you know, and uh, yeah, they're coming off a loss in that six man tag last month. But still, like you said, GB, they control the SHW title with Judas being the main man right now. So yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. But moving on down the card here, a match that has been in the making for the last several months. I would dare say, ever since Movie Mike showed up at SHW, this match has been in the making because ever since he got here, he's had his eye this infatuation with Ashton Star, and of course we talked about it already. But if you saw at the last show. He put out that uh, music video, if that's what you want to call it. Um, getting uh, some Eminem vibes from that one. But, uh, and then, you know, seeing a couple of uh, another video that was just released earlier this week, kind of recapping the history over the last few months. But uh, Ashton <clears throat> finally giving in and saying, you know what? You got my attention. I'll see you. It's still here. And uh, as, as the social media post said, it'll be lights, camera, Ashton at SHW still here five. And uh, I'm finally I'm excited to finally see this match one on one because early on, we kind of talked about this all along. We didn't know was Mike trying to bring him in as like a tag team partner. Was he wanting to be his manager? Was he wanting to face him one on one? And it still could have been any of those things. But it got to the point where Ashton would never show up when he was invited to the matches. You know, he put that that director's chair out with Ashton's name on it for movie Mike's matches and Asher would never come. Uh, he would never accept the invitation. So it's almost like maybe he wanted to be friends at first. And now it got to the point where I think even one of those clips, uh, movie Mike even says, you're making me go rated R. So mm. it's like you, you've upset him now. And so now it's, it's, we'll see what happens here, but I'm excited to see these guys finally lock up. Uh, you know, they, they had a brief encounter at the rumble Jack, but now they're going to go one-on-one singles action and uh, could be the blockbuster of the year. We'll see. Garrett, what do you think? So I feel like Ashton was gone for a really long time. And I think he came back super focused. It was a different Ashton. There was a little bit more. It wasn't like a petty heel. It was like he came back as a baby face, but he had a little bit more edge now. Like I felt like he was very focused, but then Mike comes in and starts with the mind games and everything like that. So 
we don't really know a lot about Mike. I mean, we, we've seen some stuff and everything, and we saw the tease at Rumble Jack. Um, I would probably go, because it's the first encounter, I might go with Mike only because he's got the mind game advantage over Ashton right now. Ashton's going to do Ashton, and he's going to come in and have a great match as always. But I think Mike's coming in, and you really don't know what to expect. And and we still really don't know his intentions. You know, he wants Ashton's attention, but we don't really know why. You know, so I think the motive and everything like that, I think right now, now who's to say if they do like a return match or they have other things, they they, they have a feel for each other after this first match. But I think off this initial match, I might go with Mike. Hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> y'all know how I feel about this. this whole, and I'm going to say it again. It's a whole single white female. Phil, it is. I don't know if he's stalking. I don't know if he's got a crush. I don't know if he wants to be his partner. I don't know if he wants to cook him dinner, take him for a ride, take him to, I don't know what his, what his deal is and what his infatuation is with Ashton. I think Ashton has had many opportunities to just sit back and watch what Mike is all about, what he's kind of, you know, getting a feel for things. I don't, I don't really know if he understands how crazy Mike can seemingly be because he seems a little off his rocker, if you ask me. Um, but again, this could be a plot twist, and I, I think maybe Ash is preparing for that. This could go from a love story to a thriller to a horror movie in a in a second. So, I mean, I'm going for Ashton, but, you know, I just don't know what to expect in this one. Every good movie has a plot twist, and we'll see. Does. Have you guys ever seen uh, the Netflix show called You? Yes. Love, love that show. Love it. This <laughs> is giving me You. This is what I'm getting. so bad in my life, but yeah. yeah I mean, like, <laughs> this is... It is one of those spaces where, you know, I feel like movie Mike has told himself something, you know, somehow he told himself, you know, He's this action. Yeah. Talk about the voices in your head. Yeah. Like movie Mike has, he's created this entire alternate universe. And so when he did not get the attention that he wanted from Ashton, things started turning, the vibe got different. And so, now it's a question of, okay, you're getting what you want. You have his attention. Now what? What did you want with his attention? And Still. If, if this goes the you vibe, it's going to be Mike all day. Uh, but here's what scares me. I'm not actually sure that Mike wants the win. I think Mike wants the attention. Mm-hmm. And he'll be glad that he managed to get Ashton on the biggest stage that SHW has. And that to him might be the win. So whatever he gets in the process, this is what makes this match dangerous because like he could be good with just getting a small strand of his hair to put back in his collection, right? Like he's, he's giving me those kind of vibes <laughs> and it's dangerous when you get into a wrestling match and you don't care about winning. You're, you're just, I just, I'm, I just had my moment with Ashton and I want another one. So if he was willing to do this to get this moment, what will he do for another one? So if I'm Ashton, I'm trying to go for a quick win, and I'm on the mm -hmm. first thing out of Canton. Don't <laughs> stay around for 
you know, a party. Don't stay around for the main event. Cause this matter of fact, I'm I'm changing whatever car I drive. You know, I might uh, change my address. My social media profile might look different because this dude is finding a way to stalk in ways that most movie directors don't. It's it's giving me. <laughs> Did you did you did you guys uh, realize how young of a picture he had of Ashton in that video? I mean, that was a that was a young Ashton. So how long has this infatuation been going on? This is what I'm saying. You know, how much about Ashton does he actually know? And what video did he do? It was Eminem Stan based. Right. Which exactly. is exactly going back to Gerard's point because it's like that's dangerous. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mm, and yes. it sounded like he had Danny locked up screaming in the background. I'm still confused about that. He kept saying, quiet, Very Danny. Weird. Uh, Very anyways. Weird. But then I saw Danny later, so I was like, well, like, maybe that wasn't, maybe it was like a fake Danny just to throw Ashton off. I don't know. It was very trippy. Know. It could be, but I, I always say Danny can hold her own, so. I don't <laughs> yeah. Right, right. I'm not worried about Danny. Yeah, she yeah, might have had yeah. Granny J. I don't know. He is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, not ready for that, GB. No. Yeah. <laughs> right, we got to move it along. Got him. We got to move it along. Got him. Oh wow. Okay. Ooh, if, those who know Ooh, know. Ooh. Anyways, we got to move it along. Um. Thank you, Carly Bravo. Thank you. Bravo. Okay. Sorry. Uh. Anyways, back on track here. All right. We've got five big title matches that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Let's start talking Ooh. about some of these title matches. The IWTV Independent Wrestling World Championship will be on the line as Cruel. Mm-hmm. The Atrocity Cruel will be defending the title against Cyrus the Destroyer. Talk about two big bulls locking it up in the center of the ring. They've kind of teased it over the last few months. We're finally going to see it, and it's going to be for the big belt, the IWTV title. Uh, and on top of that... Cruel's got this whole other thing going on outside with, uh, you know, Brooklyn and Adam a- Priest and, and Matt Griffin. Strong. So, because here's the thing. <laughs> you got to have 100% focus to take on Cyrus, okay? And, I mean, and that's hard enough, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, if you've got all this outside stuff going on in your head, and who knows what's going on in the, the Atrocity Cruel's head, that seems like a very scary place to want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't, I kind of think, uh, Cyrus has the advantage going into this matchup. What do we think? No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Especially if Brooklyn's anywhere around, um, if Matt Griffin's anywhere around, I don't, I don't know what Adam Priest, his view is on everything yet. Cause he still seems a little confused of what he really wants. He seems but, very um, unsure about everything yes. that's going on. Yeah. Yes. But Cyrus's focus is definitely on that title. So mm, that's going to be, it's going to be a huge, huge, huge. Literally and figuratively. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. I think on paper, if you were to tell me whoever Cruel's wrestling, I would have automatically said Cruel. Yeah. But because it's Cyrus, I think like what everyone's saying, like if he's distracted and everything like that, but I feel like he's so mad and just wants to get his hands on somebody. It doesn't matter, but you have so many outside interference possibilities. You have so many ways of distraction and everything like that. 
Cyrus goes back and forth from here to Japan. So not only does he have his moveset, he's also learning Japanese movesets and everything out there too. So, you know, as the match goes on, I don't know because two big guys, they both have great stamina for two big guys mm-hmm. yeah. too. Yeah. So it's not even like you can say one person has disadvantage if the match goes longer. It really, it really doesn't. But I, I again, I th- this this fifth year anniversary show, like everything is a coin flip, honestly, because you can mm-hmm. sit there and analyze so many aspects of everything like that. But it's it's going to take one mistake from one opponent or something like that just to make the difference because everything yeah. is so even. I'm going to go with Cruel only because he's got a lot to fight for because yeah. there's a broken family in there. There is now there, it's the title match. It's I mean so I'm just going to go with Cruel. And plus his pain threshold seems to be very high. Yep, that too, absolutely. It it, it does. The problem though is you know you only have to be three seconds better. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if if. Cyrus, who seems to be singularly focused, you know, he's not worried, at least to my knowledge, about action, about what IWTV has to say. He wants to be a world champion. You know, for for Cruel, this is a tough moment. And I don't know what's happened. In the, I don't know if if he and, and Brooklyn have been able to talk. I don't even know what those conversations would sound like. I mean, does Cruel <laughs> talk? Like, what are your he grunts? You know, like, what does he do? Right? Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, he has that funny look in his eye. Like, it's, it's a crazy moment. And I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, because I think he was knocked unconscious when she took her ring off and put it in Adam's pocket. Is Adam still walking around with the ring in his pocket? Like, there's a Mm -hmm. lot of. He, in that he backstage, took it out. he left it in the chair. I don't know yeah. where he got it. When so they did that backstage ring. in the backstage uh, video after the match or after the show, yeah, he. Uh, that's what I was saying earlier. Like he still he's seems torn. kind of unsure about what all is happening. Whereas Griffin and Brooklyn seem to be like on the same page. And you know, he left. He took the ring. He put it in the chair, and then that's all we know from there. So who knows? Let Let us not forget that. It was Brooklyn and her tyrannical reign over SHW last year that assisted Cruel in becoming the SHW mm-hmm. champion. Um, Brooklyn has proven that when she wants something, she usually gets her way. So if we're in a moment where she does not want Cruel to be the IWTV world champion, she will do whatever she needs to do to make that happen. And so we could be looking at a new champion unless. Imagine this, Cruel can find a way to neutralize Brooklyn if she even shows up and she brings her friends along. Who knows? Yeah. And you know... I'll, t- I'll tell you what real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt, no. but we were talking about some of my favorite moments. I'll tell you what, what wasn't one of my favorite moments is when Cruel came over and beat the crap out of me and Kyle. True. That was not a good moment. I have... I I've been through a lot and when you have someone on a mission and you can only see their eyes coming at you, that is scary. Those yeah. lizard eyes, you mean? No. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. creepy. Terrifying. Extremely. Uh, and speaking of terrifying, GB, you know, we've been on the other end of Cyrus threatening to put people through our table, which luckily 
it hasn't happened. Of course, I just mm-hmm. put the idea out there again. So hopefully it doesn't happen. Knock on wood. But uh, go back to one year ago. Remember what Cyrus was doing one year ago? I do. He was defeating our current SHW champion, Judas, in a last man standing match. Mm-hmm. Okay, so don't forget, like, he's taken on big dudes before and won. Yes. And yes. so don't take anything away from Cyrus, man. He's coming in, like you said, Garrett. He's been in Japan just building that repertoire. I mean, he's uh, – who knows what he's bringing to the table, but it's not going to be good for anybody, uh, and that includes the IWTV champion, Cruel. Yeah, It's going to be interesting. And and like you said, big with dog fight. most of these matches – it's a coin flip, man. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, moving on down the line, another big title match. The Jake the Snake Legacy Championship will be on the line. After two successful title defenses thus far, Chip Day decided to uh, up the ante a little bit and challenge five men to a matchup where we're going to have a six-man challenge. Um, we do need to kind of nail down what the rules are before next week, because I'm not quite certain if this is going to be like a six pack challenge kind of thing. We have mm-hmm. had those kind of matches before when the, when the title was vacant, the SHW title was vacant. Um, so I'm not quite sure how this is one's going to work exactly. I don't know if it's elimination or if it's, you know, first pinfall gets the win, but uh, we'll find out soon. And of course, let you guys know when we do the pre-show next week, but uh, six man challenge for the JTS championship is Chip biting off a little more than he can chew here? Is he a little too confident after two singles wins? I don't think so. I think Chip is saying, if you want some, come get some. If you want it all together, bring it. Yeah. I think he's I think he's pretty confident. He's he's um taken on all these guys before individually. Um, individually, though. See, individually. But know. they've got to fight each other as well. And there's so much going on in this match. There's so many feuds going on in this match. How do you determine who's going to take the belt from the champ? I mean, I mean, honestly, yeah, there's a lot. This is going to be a huge just moment, but you're going to have to keep your eye on who you want to win because you might miss them. Honestly, there's going to be a lot going on there. It's going to be all over the place, but yeah, I feel confident that Bad Boy Chip Day will come out victor. And just real quick before you other guys go here, I just want to run through the list of who's in this match. Uh, so Chip Day has challenged Ken Way, Owen Knight, Kyle Matthews, Nagicism, and Shoo, 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 Taylor. Taylor. So there you go. There's your six. <laughs> I am a huge fan of Chip Day, whether he's a heel or babyface. Technically sound. He can brawl with the best of them. He's got a nasty attitude, whether it's whether it's good or bad. He's got a nasty attitude. He will go toe-to-toe with whoever. Um, but also, everybody knows I am a huge Owen Knight fan, too. Mm-hmm. And Same. again, he's, a, he's another one where, whether he's babyface or heel, I, I like both versions sure. of him. Um, no slouches on anybody in the six-pack and everything. I I just feel like I feel like I I'm kind of going with Diana too. I I feel like Chip's gonna find a way. It's not cha- it's not champion's advantage for this type of match, but I just feel like he he can do. If anyone can do it, Chip Day can retain on this. Mm-hmm. 
Garrett, real quick, before you go, GB, I just have a quick question for Garrett. I know you said you like him both as a heel and a face, but my question is, do you like him just a little bit more as, as a bad boy? I'm just curious. So, well, you know what's funny, though? As I'm thinking about all my picks, I think I picked all heels, which I don't <laughs> like because I'm actually – I'm not that type of wrestling fan where it's just always heel, 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 but I just think the matchups that you're presenting – I love Owen Knight as a heel. Okay. The only reason when I, I first, asked <laughs> it's because when I first when I first met when I first saw Owen Knight, he was a heel. Yeah. Long Same. time ago. And that was I'm like I told Dylan, I don't know who that is, but that's my favorite indie wrestler. Yeah. So like even before I met Owen, I already told him I love your work. And he was just like, Oh, he had no idea who I was when we met, but I'm like, dude, I love your work. And then he became a baby face. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, God, he's just as charismatic. And like, people are all about it. Like, he can totally get the crowd behind everything like that. So, but I do prefer a, 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 the heel side. I only, I, I only ask because longtime viewers of this podcast know that Diana leans towards the uh, the bad boys. And bad boy chip them, day chip specific, specifically. <laughs> I love me some chip and Owen. Those are my bad boys. So I love them. What you gonna just do? to clarify? Just to clarify, I like heels because they're heels, not because I like the bad boys. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> I'm just putting. Maybe our like maybe our motives boys, maybe our motives are a little bit different. <laughs> yes, yes, and I did, but I do love bad boy Chip, and I do love bad boy Owen, just because the whole attitude, the way they work, the way they just oh, I, I love it. And heels have more fun. We all know that. We all yeah. know that true all right gb true. you're up sorry i took a big left no, turn a, there to, had to bring up the okay. bad boy thing. anyway you know just, we gotta it, talk about it it reminds me of a complicated math problem where you know if you had five plus four plus three plus two plus one divided by four plus three plus two plus one like all of these things will cancel each other out until you're left with one thing and i think that's what we're gonna have next friday i think everybody's about to cancel each other out and Chip Day could be your last man standing. Still the Jake the Snake legacy champion. I thought you were about to bust out a Steiner math promo on me. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> we do real math over here. We've got math degrees. We do real math over here. <laughs> all right, all right. Get my uh, calculator. Moving on down the card. Yet another championship match, this time in our women's division. Uh, and not just our women's division, the NWA women's division as the World Women's Championship will be on the line. Kenzie Page returning to SHW to defend against uh, SHW day one. Danny Jordan has her her chance at NWA gold here. This is going to be awesome. The fact that it's taking place in an SHW ring. I, I'm thrilled that this is going to be happening. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. So I can't wait. And it's anybody's guess, you know. Um, there was a video release. It might've been yesterday or some point earlier this week, uh, kind of a promo video about this. You heard a little bit from me and GB in that video. Uh, and we talked about the first time they actually fought each other in SHW was in November of 2019. The show was SHW 14, just a singles match. And Danny Jordan in that match got the win fast forward four years. A lot has changed for both of these ladies. Uh, they've moved, you know, a lot a lot of different things has happened in their careers. I mean, look at Kenzie Page is now the NWA Women's Champion. And Danny, of course, has gone on to appear on big shows, big stages all over the country. And, uh, you know, but she's been SHW since day one. And I know the 
Action Building will be thrilled if Danny can walk away holding the NWA Women's yeah. Championship. But again, she did get that win on Kenzie four years ago. But again, Kenzie's done a lot of growing up and is in a lot bigger space at this point in her career. So it's anybody's guess. Again, the coin flip, Garrett, the coin flip. Who knows? Exactly. What do we think? What do we think? I I remember that first match. That was probably one of the my favorite women's matches at SHW. Agreed. I thought back then that was so evenly matched. And it's funny when you see footage of Kenzie then and now, it's like Kenzie looked like she was like 14, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, they hit hard. I mean, that match, I was, you know, you get like a huck chop or – you know, anything like that. But that match, I, I, I find myself doing the one eye and I was cringing a lot because there was like back suplexes on the, on the, right on the apron and everything. And that was brutal. Um, yeah. God, it's such a huge stage and it's such a huge thing. And again, it's not just because, well, she roasted the hell out of me at my roast. So I didn't appreciate that at all, <laughs> but um I'm going to go with Danny just because Danny has been craving women's wrestling, women's competition, women's division. So I feel like she yes. knows that an NWA title shot isn't going to just come everyone. You know, it's not just, she can't take it for granted. Right. So I right. think she's going to reach into her bag and I think she is going to like really get scrappy if she needs to and do anything she can for a win. So Nothing against Kenzie because she's like, and she's doing amazing things right now. But I, I guess I'm pulling more for Danny. But I think Danny's like, Danny's coming. I think um, Kenzie's a real deal, no doubt. Just watching how she has grown and and developed and and just became Kenzie in NWA. She's the real deal. Um, for Danny to possibly win this title could open up so many doors and so many opportunities that she is just wanting and desire and, and just so close to just hadn't been able to get over that hump to get where she wants to be. Um, this is going to be a fire match. It is. It's going to be a phenomenal women's match. I'm personally just excited to be able to announce an NWA title match. I mean, we've, oh, yeah. we've done NWA uh, Hall of Famers, uh, WWE Hall of Famers, Rock and Roll Express, but an NWA Women's World Title match. I grew up on NWA, so it's special sure. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's extremely special. There are a lot of things at work here, uh, but I want to bring a date to our remembrance, and that is July, go. July the second, twenty twenty one. Here we go. You know what the significance <laughs> of that day? What was that? That's the last day that Danny Jordan lost in an SHW ring. Mm. She doesn't lose very much in Canton. She doesn't lose very much. It's it's a rarity. Now, I should mention who she lost to. That would be the one and only great record to hawk in about 45 seconds. But the point is, she who, doesn't who did, lose. Who didn't, who didn't see that coming, by the way? <laughs> I, I, I mean, knew, I knew you that know, was coming. It, it's, 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 by the way, GB, real quick. Since we have a special guest here, what is uh -huh. what did you consider, Rekka? My queen to be. She is indeed the queen. Shout out to Rekka. Oh, but the, the point is, Danny doesn't lose very much in SHW. It's a very mm -hmm. rare 
moment. You know, it kind of reminds you of those sports franchises who don't lose at home. You know, right. you rarely see Brett Favre, you know, lose at home. You you rarely saw the Patriots, you know, and Tom Brady lose in the Super Bowl. These are the kinds of things that don't happen very often. And then you add the NWA Women's World Championship to this. I think if this match happens almost anywhere else in the world, Kenzie Page has the advantage. Yeah. But when you're talking about an SHW, in Canton, at the Action Building, literally the home of Danny Jordan, it's going to take a, a real banana peel to happen for Danny Jordan to lose this match. I respect Kenzie Page, but I think the NWA better prepare themselves for a uh, misdemeanor of a world champion. It's going down next week. Misdemeanor. Yeah, I mean, talk about home field advantage i mean it's our biggest show of the year dare i say a biggest show ever being our fifth year anniversary uh with all these huge matches the hottest crowd we're gonna see in the action building all oh, yeah. pretty sure all behind at least 99 percent behind danny jordan kenzie may bring a few uh fans with her and that would be fine but i just feel like danny's gonna have that home field advantage gb to yeah. your point so yeah. i am nervous though I'm nervous because I hope this doesn't put too much pressure on Danny. Because the one thought I had is, what happens if she loses? Mm. What happens if she loses? She made this challenge. It's her finally fighting for a world championship, which we've all wanted to see. What does she do? Where does she go? You know, so it's almost must win for her. Yeah. I will say this. Good point. If that happens... I know one thing's for sure. Garrett will be glad that he's in California because otherwise <laughs> she would totally take it out on Garrett. I'm sure. For sure. So, well, at one point she said she wants to move to California and I'm like, no, like, <laughs> let me be. You know, I'll come back and visit every once in a while, but don't move to California uh, too. You can't on. escape. You can't escape it, Garrett. <laughs> right, right. I know. Has she I ever know. punched you like she's punched Brandon though? All right. We don't need to talk. Oh, about my that. God. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you know. There's that... stuff that we post online, but there's a lot of stuff you don't see when we used to work five days a week at the PC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will say that was more like in the first year or two, Diana. And I, and we've been on decent, been good, terms, huh? decent yeah. terms since yeah. then. <laughs> and so uh, I hope, you know, I hope because the five year anniversary is coming up, that's not going to bring back, you know, memories of like hey let's do this uh, just because it's a fifth year anniversary like whoa, whoa 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 wait a second i don't want any well trouble. she did kind of drop the mean girl act now she's just misdemeanor i don't know which one's worse mean girl being this i don't know all i know is i i'm 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 team danny this time okay so just <laughs> you hear that Danny? Yeah. in case you're watching all right you, uh you moving on down shirt. the card what's that and wear your pink shirt oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there you go uh moving on down the card we've got oh this one's gonna be big the triple threat tag team championship match, SHW tag titles on the line, the hierarchy defending against exotic youth and all-star special. These three teams have been embroiled in this tag team uh, feud for the titles over the last three, four months at this point. Um, and I will say that over the last week or two, if you guys have been keeping up on social media, Hanson, has had a lot to say on social media talking about these other two teams. So he's ready to go. He's ready and ready to go. 
And uh, I just know it's going to be an insane matchup. You know, Jake the Snake making that match official at the last show. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I think everybody knows my feelings about who I would prefer to win the match. Uh, in fact, in this in this I'm going to say who I would prefer to lose the match. That's I what I was going to say. In this circumstance, <laughs> I would take hierarchy. I would take all-star special. But if Exotic <laughs> Youth wins this match, come hell or high water, I don't know how it will happen. But if they do, because they always have that third man on the outside, uh, GB, I don't know, man. You may be calling the rest of the show by yourself because I may, <laughs> I may just pass out if that happens. Wow. Wow. It's like swallowing glass. Oh. I think whoever I think we need to figure it out. I need somebody somebody needs to call Jake and 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 ask him if we can have just one stipulation that whichever two members of Exotic Youth decide they want to be in this match, the other one has to be tied to the rail or strung mm. up by his toenails or something oh. so he cannot wow. be involved in the outcome of this match. This I mean the other teams do they don't have a third. It's going to be just you know, doing their thing. Yeah. Call him, please. <laughs> Brandon, do you have his number? Yeah. I told y'all last week. I told y'all last week, or maybe it was the week before. If he has a message for me to relay, that's fine. I don't reach out to him. I don't bother him. With okay. Now, okay. Garrett well, then on... Garrett's got the inside track. Right. Let's go. Garrett, Time on up. the other hand. Let's see if we can get this stipulation. Whoever's not part of this match, but it's on you, has to be strung up. I might be able to make a call. I might be able to make a call. If you could do that for me as a parting gift. <laughs> something yeah. to leave me with that would be awesome i would love you do you get, do do all three of you want the sure way to get booze from me what? or booze? from you to me yeah i i am a fan please of don't hurt my feelings no, here, here, here's, I am a fan here's the thing i was gonna say please here's the thing gb <laughs> has done his best over these several months to remain as unbiased as possible i have let my feelings be known Diana's let her feelings be known. Um, but yes, I, I see where you're going with this. The and... whole state of Georgia knows my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's you. true. It's, it's I love well you documented. too much, Garrett. I, I can never boo you, even though I just disagree with where you're going with this. I, but respect, go ahead. I respect you, but good God. You no, know, you know what it is? I see on the daily and I see show day how bad they harass you guys. So yes. I, under, I understand why you guys feel the way you do. It's genuine. For me, they leave me alone, and I just kind of <laughs> observe, and I watch, and I snicker. Now, if it was me that they were harassing and doing all that stuff to, I probably would have a different view like you guys have on them. But I just – I feel like they, they find a way to win. They do, it's never, because they have it's the never pretty. It's never pretty. Um, God, this match is a good one, too. Uh I feel like toe to toe, hierarchy and all sorts special. You know they have, but it's like exotic youth has that little. We find yes! a way to win. That and third person. That's why I put them not even at a disadvantage. They're right there with them because yeah. of what they provide. So maybe if I make a call to Jake, maybe that happens. I'm not sure. Hmm. hmm. Well, what I do know is one way or the other, this is going to be an incredible match. And uh, it's hard to pick them. But one thing's for sure, on paper, Exotic Youth might look like an underdog, but they're really not. No, they're not an underdog. They're really not. Um, at the same time, you know, All-Star Special, 
finally wants to have a fair shake at the title that they were robbed of. And then you had the scenario of the hierarchy who has been hitting it on all cylinders. They have been dominating tag team wrestling in this state. So yes, this is going to be tough. I, I have a hard time betting against Joe Black, especially at a still here anniversary show. Yeah. So this is going to be something. This is going to be really, really something. We're going to see, well, potentially Joe Black and Huckabee in the ring at the same time. time. So, and we know we know what happens when the, when that's happened in the past. So, oh yes, the fans win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, I come out of there tired watching them. <laughs> I can't even imagine right. how they feel, but just behind a computer screen, I watch them and I go home. I'm like, oh, oh, the chops. <laughs> My it's chest is chop. sore. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh man, it's going to be good. I can't wait. But uh, all right. We touched on it earlier. David Ali surprised us all at the Rumble Jack this this past or past August, and uh, ended up winning the whole thing, and now gets his title shot against the SHW champion Judas at Still Here Three or Still Here Five. What am I talking about? Still Here Five. <laughs> and, uh, I went I went two years in the past, yeah. uh, but it's going to be incredible. I cannot wait for this. Uh, but we talked about the end game earlier. Here's the thing. There was a stipulation added. It was not that the end game had to be barred from ringside. It was that it's going to be a casket match, a casket match. Jake, the snake decided to spin the wheel and make the deal. He mm-hmm. flashed back to the nineties, went old school on us. And the stipulation was a casket match. This is going to be insane. Can David Ali get the big behemoth Judas in a casket and get the lid closed? First of all, I hope he gets the right size casket because Judas won't fit in just an average size casket. So that's step one right there. So we'll see. But man, uh, Ali's gonna have his hands full. Man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one though. What do we think? I fear for David. Yeah. Because if that's the only stipulation, it is there any dis- any other disqualifications or anything like? It's just a casket match. So that means anybody could can intervene anybody could jump in anybody could whatever i fear for david i do i I don't want to see his body in a casket i don't no i don't want to do it i don't want to do i i think it would be difficult to get you just in one we we all saw how cyrus dumped one on top of him but they actually put him in one it's gonna take a lot it's gonna take a lot and and he's got he's got all the cards in his favor i i I don't i just fear for david i do I um I see Garrett I see the wheels turning I yeah see, I, I want to know what, I want to know what's going on in Garrett's head right now <laughs> I I think Diane's got a really good point I think it's more the physical logistics of things um you know I can tell that Endgame they were so infuriated with David running his gums after Rumble Jack. So it became personal. It wasn't even just a title match opportunity and everything like that. It became personal. Uh, we saw the implications of that show where we start out to David's carcass coming out and just getting obliterated. So 
you have that also. And again, that always rounds about to end game. It's not just one person. It's just not one champion. You're facing three people, four people, you know, so that's, that's the problem. Um, also, sometimes David can, I think with this, you have to have, you know, David and Goliath. But I think it sometimes Judas can, he can, when he wants to slow down the match, he will, he will slow down the match. Yeah. It's not about David can control the tempo because after a little while, you're naturally going to get gassed. So I think in this instance, if it doesn't end quicker, then, you know, advantage goes to champion, I think. Well, we all saw how he brutalized Corey. Boot mm-hmm. after boot after boot to the mm-hmm. face. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's huge. Yeah, I, I'm actually nervous. You know, usually when you hear of stipulations of this nature, it seems like it would favor the challenger. Um, I think in this case, it would have been better if it could have been a one-on-one match. The casket element is so different because, you know, we've seen that David can pin Judas. We've seen that. But can he get him down and then get him into a casket? That's that's the tough part. It feels like David would absolutely need help. And I'm not sure, based on how the night goes, will there be help available for him yeah. to do that? That's the real question. So it is, it, talk about an uphill battle for the guy who won the Rumble Jack. I don't know what's harder, outlasting 35 men or putting the, the champion in a casket. You know, I think he drew the short straw in this one. Uh, with that said, David's always got a plan, and I'm sure he's cooking up something. I don't know what he's cooking up. I don't know what spices he's using. I don't know what kind of pan he's got. I don't know what he's doing. But what I do know is he better have a massive plan because you didn't go through Rumble Jack and go away and all the things to come back and lose on the biggest stage. Uh, so this is going to be a very interesting moment moment for David Ali can he and that's the real question can he manage to somehow uh get judas down long enough to then get him in a casket that's the that's thing. the thing if you get him down you need a crane to pick the guy up to put him in the casket this is gonna is. have to be strategic when he goes down he's gonna have to go down in the casket it's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be hell trying to get him in there honestly i think what gb's saying that david has to cook up something i think an equation in there might have to be something with some type of Louisville slugger. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that that's mm-hmm. that's an old faithful. Yeah, it might have to. As long as he got it back, because the last time I saw it, didn't didn't uh, Todd Sexton Todd have it? Oh, yeah. You're right. Hopefully, You're hopefully right. David's got it back. But uh, we'll see, man. That's going to be a massive main event on top of an already massive card. And while that is the main event, I saved one match in particular for us to talk about last because Garrett, this involves two of your best friends, two guys that you know better than anybody else in the world going one-on-one. I'm talking about the kill Billy, Nathan Mowry taking on the monster of SHW sunny days. I know you're bummed out that you're going to be missing this match in particular on top of all nine of these matches, but uh, man, it's anybody's guess. If you saw earlier this week, uh, you know, Nathan called me up and wanted to have a sit down uh, meeting or an interview of sorts with Dylan. Uh, if you want to say the man behind the paint, whatever you want to call him. 
And um, if you saw that video, all I'll say is go back and watch that video. One of the most bizarre things happened, and it had me tripped out for the past week. Uh, I've been uh, – it's been hard for me to sleep at night. I'm uh, looking over my shoulder. And uh, um, By the way, I do want to apologize to uh, the Killbilly because I hightailed it out of there real quick. And uh, You sure did. I I feel bad that I didn't uh, assist (laughs) or anything. But, uh, I mean, you know, it was terrifying. (laughs) I don't. I sit behind a commentary booth. I do not get in the, involved in the ring for himself. That's right. <laughs> SGB. He knows. I <laughs> know. As well. I know. Speaking of, speaking of Big Red. Uh. Anyways, let's. That was in the past. I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to bring up old uh, mm-hmm. old stories there. Anyways, but Garrett, I saved this one for last because again, you know these guys better than uh than the rest of us, better than anybody probably, and um, get uh get your thoughts on this. Epic matchup between the Killbilly and uh, Sunny Days here, man. You know, it's weird is I never heard of either of them. So, oh wow, okay. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> you know what? I, it's funny Who? as I, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy the dynamics of the relationship. It's crazy where it's gone to. It's crazy how it got to this point. Um, it, it it's it's personal because it's a matter of respect now. Mm-hmm. Nathan was always a nice guy. Nathan was always the yes man. You know, he always took a backseat to Dylan and Dylan's uh, ideology of everything and planning out these things. I, I think Nathan just wanted a little respect. And the fact that Dylan, when it comes to this particular topic of wrestling, where this is Dylan's wheelhouse, this is what he knows inside and out. So if you have a participant who's going a different path with deathmatch wrestling or anything like that, Dylan doesn't take it seriously. You know, Nathan's putting in the work. Nathan's going out every weekend, state to state, bleeding, just stitches because he loves it. And, and the thing is, is like Dylan loves it too. So they're fighting for the same battle. They're just not seeing eye to eye on it. Wow. Um, I, I feel like it's a miscommunication. It's it's once Dylan gets into sunny days, you don't know what you're getting. You don't know what kind of conversation you're having. You you, you have no rational explanation. So I I just feel like I've been covering all all heels. This one I feel like Nathan has to prove himself. Dylan. You know, I think I think he's definitely underestimating what's going on and what the possibilities are. Now, the problem is, is actually two days ago when I saw Nathan, he showed me the menu of weapons that he has as possibilities for this match. Mm. Now, some of them are the go-tos, but there's some of them I've never seen before. Mm. And obviously, Dylan and Nathan aren't talking at work. They're keeping their distance. So Nathan or Dylan has no idea what's going on. So I think there's an element of surprise. There's an element of, I think there were two things that my eyes as big, as big as they can get as tired and everything that I am. I saw that. I'm like, Oh my God. Like it, 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 it might get crazy. So I think with the element of surprise, the element of underestimation from sunny days, I'm, I'm going with the kill Billy. Plus the, the, you know, your interaction that you had Brandon with them, 
the yeah. the footage of getting attacked while you know Nathan's practicing, you know, with the barbed wire yeah. and everything like that. So I mean, there there's so much there's the revenge factor is there. So I just think Dylan is just underestimating. I I just it's it's going to be a bloodbath. I think. Oof. I think it's definitely going to be a bloodbath. Definitely, we all know how ruthless Sunny Days can be. We've seen him in the craziest matches with all the weapons and all the blood and gore and all the craziness that he can do. I agree. I think that Nathan is looking for that respect. I think he's going to have to take Sunny Days down and not only take him down, but hurt him and, and let him understand that this is what he loves and this is what he wants to do. And this is the wrestler that he wants to be. And he is going out all over the place doing all kind of great. We just saw him. There was fire with Cruel and that match with Cruel. Uh, blood, uh, glass, uh, Speaking of which, before he got to that match, he was in the hospital. He was already, yeah, he was already yep. stitched yeah. up. We saw yeah. him the other night. He was stitched up. He's willing to go through so much pain and just, just, I guess, personal injury just to prove that this is what he wants because he does love it. And he wants the respect from his friend or so-called friend as he gave him when he was trying to become a wrestler, doing all the things he wanted to do. So it, yep. it is a respect thing. Um, but I do think it's going to take more than just winning this crazy match. He's going to have to take him down and, and hurt him to get him to realize this is, this is for real. You know, you can, you can see this is not just I want to become a wrestler. This is what I want to do. It's going to take a and lot. I'll, I'll, I'll butt in one more time before GB gets in. I think this is kind of like what GB said about Mike and Ashton. I don't even think Nathan needs a win. Right. He doesn't need a W. Mm-hmm. He just wants to see Dylan bleed. He yeah. wants to see he, – he wants – I don't even know if he wants a handshake. He just wants that respect. So, again, right. I, that's what makes it even more dangerous is when you don't even care about a W, you know. When you hit them so hard, you know they know that they know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the question is, how do we measure a win? Is the win the one, two, three, or is the win that you're left laying? Right. And I think that's the thing. You know, unlike David versus Judas, you know, where you think about the size disparity, where I think things get made up in terms of size is just the willpower and the imagination of the kill Billy, you know, the mm-hmm. things that he is able to do the places he's willing to take himself. I mean, let's not forget that just a couple of months ago during the rumble Jack, he set his arm on flyer for a flaming elbow. Right. Like what, who does that? You know? <laughs> so oddly enough on sunny days, and so I, I think things are going to get very, very interesting. And if Sunny Days isn't careful, he's going to realize he might not be the only monster in this match. And that exactly. is going to be a problem. And not every monster needs a mask. Mm. Well, they may fact, the unmasked ones are the most dangerous. They, they, <laughs> may, the they may both end up in the uh, proverbial crimson mask by the end of this matchup. <laughs> we'll find oh, out. Oh, this is a given. <laughs> 
It's a given. And the thing is, you know, you talk about Nathan not being afraid to bleed. We've seen that. We've seen him in the deathmatch scenes all over the country. Uh, well, we mentioned the, uh, I don't know if this was on the air or were we talking about this before the show, but it was when uh, <laughs> Sonny went head first through that table at the ver- at the third ever show and uh, left blood, <laughs> the stained floor in the action building. I mean, so he's not afraid to bleed either. Um, and yeah. so it's just, there's no telling. We do know for sure that this match will have no rules and there's absolutely no telling what these guys will put each other through. And uh, to to your guys' point, I don't think the win's important. I think it's just the amount of damage they can do to the other to uh, earn the respect. And right. so uh, we'll find out. But, man, it's going to be an amazing show. There you go, nine huge matches. And don't forget, we mentioned DDP will be in the house. Arrive mm-hmm. early for a special meet and greet. Get a photo. Get an autograph. Uh, spread the word. Invite all your friends. Come early. Take the day off. Tailgate out in the Action Building parking lot. It's going to be yep. incredible, and uh, we cannot wait for you guys to join us. But more importantly, Garrett, we are so excited and thankful that you joined us right here yes. tonight, and we are going to miss you oh, so miss much. You. And, uh, man, we love you, buddy. Thank you for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me, and uh, it's been a pleasure. It's It's been a fun five years. It's been a quick, fun five years, and uh, – I'm coming back. I'm coming back to visit. I'll, I'll, I'll plan it around shows and everything like that. Yeah. So yeah, you haven't seen the last of me. I'll be, I'll be making some Georgia visits for sure. Awesome. Well, good, good luck to you out there. Just thank you so them. much. And if you guys are ever in California or Vegas, I'm only three hours from Vegas. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. There we go. We got a place to say you hear that guys. Oh yeah. oh yeah oh yes wait speaking of which did i just see that your mom walked away with 20k the $20, other thousand dollars amazing and the best part about it is she thought because she usually plays penny machines she usually you know you know and she thought she'd won 200 and she goes why is there a hand pay thing because my buddy josh and dylan were over there i was a couple machines over and they're like i think you won two grand and she goes oh that's nice and then the attendant came by and goes, oh, this is a good one. And she's like, I mean, two grand's great. But then he's like, it was Dylan who goes, uh, Annie, I think it's 20000 And then that's when she almost had a heart attack. So yeah. insane. My mom you're... is like, my mom's so good at like, it's like, how do you be, how are you good at gambling? No, you're not good at gambling. You just are lucky or at the right place at the right time. She has that reputation. So everyone wants to gamble with my mom. It's like... Mm-hmm amazing that's incredible that's funny all right well so if we go out there you guys you hear that v3 we're going on a road trip and we're going to take annie with us yeah (laughs) you can't book me you have to book my mom make sure we're going to see annie yeah that's what i'm saying we're going to see annie and garrett can come along yeah i can drive you guys yeah (laughs) that's great awesome all right buddy well hey i tell you what we see all the boxes you got behind you you got more packing to do and uh, safe travels on your trip out west and man, we like love I said, you. we love you, buddy. We are going to miss you. Love you guys. And uh, hey, that's going to wrap us up for this uh, uh, big episode, this big preview episode, and this big farewell Garrett episode. But uh, we will see you guys in the action building next Friday, right back here for the official pre-show for SHW Still Here 5. Can't wait. Our huge five-year anniversary. It's finally upon us. But hey, until then, this has been... SHW. This is our wrestling. Bam. Bam.